The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. There were two brothers, Reb Shmuel Abba and Reb Pinchas Shapira. Right? Two Gavaldiga, Gavaldiga brothers. These were grandchildren of the Heiliger Reb Pinchas Mikoritz. These were his two grandchildren. Had two grandchildren, many grandchildren, but these two, Rishmol Abba and Rapincha Shapir, tremendous Sadiqim. How did they get Parnassa? What did they do to make a living? They used to have a printing press in Ukraine. That was the printing press that they used in order to make a Parnassa. The story begins on the 18th of Sivan, 1834, 5594, when the dead body of Lazar. Prodrigin was found hanging from the rafters of the Talis Beis in Slavutia. Okay, so his dead body was found, dead body of Lazar Prodrigin, and there were no signs of anything going on. There was no, you know, basically it was nobody killed him, nobody hurt him, nobody did it to him. He had obviously, he was obviously he was found drunk many, many nights. He was obviously killed himself. He had taken his own life. However, there was a Jew-hating priest who lived nearby. And he decided to fabricate the story that the two Shapiro brothers had obviously been responsible for the death of this laser. So the priest claimed that the Shapiro brothers had discovered that this laser was planning to report them to the government for printing Sforim without permission from the government censorship, which in Russia was a big crime to print Sforim without permission. And they, the Shapira brothers who had a printing press had found information that this laser was going to report them to the government, which was a, a, a crime punishable by death. And therefore they killed him to make sure that the government would never find out about their crime. Now the Shapira brothers at the time were in their 50s. They were arrested and they were locked up in a cell with a small tiny hole with a bit of light and air coming through through their cell. That was the only light that they saw, the only air that they got. They remained in the prison for three whole years awaiting their verdict. During the time, they completed shas every single year in that place, and they were happy, and they were besimcha, and it was, it, was, it was an amazing thing that people heard about. In 1837, the sentence was pronounced. What was the sentence? The sentence was 1,500 blows by 500 Russian soldiers with the back of their metal gun. That was their sentence. 1,500, 1,500 blows by 500 Russian soldiers. Now if they survived that, then they would exile to Siberia for the remainder of their exciting life. That was the sentence at the time. So the Shapiro brothers accepted the Xera uh, with tremendous Ava, tremendous Betochen and Emunah and Hashem. And as they were brought to the public whipping, they sang a song which apparently is known Ad Hayoyim Azed, a song that they sang on the way to being beaten by 500 Russian big soldiers by the back of their metal knife. So there was two lines, okay? Two lines, 250 soldiers on that side, 250 soldiers on the other side. And they were ready with the back of their gun. The two brothers would have to pass between them, handcuffed. That means their hands were tied behind their back, handcuffed. There was no way of them able to move their hands. And they would go one way, and then they would go the other way, and then they would go one more time. And they say they would get 1,500 blows by the 500 soldiers. And that's what happened. They started to pass between them, and the Russians were big, real, serious Heavy lift the weight guys with the back of the gun started beating them as they went. 
an unbelievable thing. It's brought down that there were malachim that came down in order to absorb many of the blows, because otherwise it would have weakened them in a way that there's no way they would have managed to get through even one row of this beating. Now what happened at one point during the, the situation was the yamlaka of one of the brothers, it's unclear in the story exactly which brother it was, it doesn't really make a difference, fell off of his head as he was going past the rows. Now he couldn't bend down to pick it up, his hands were tied, he couldn't pick it up in any way, but he refused to continue walking because his yarmulke was off. And because he refused, he was able to you know, stand there, and because of that, he was able to get many, many more beatings by the soldiers over there. Finally, the guard in charge of the brothers placed the yarmulke back on the brother's head, because he said, this is ridiculous, he's going to stand there till he dies. So he put the yarmulke back on his head, and he abled himself to continue walking. After the horrifying ordeal, the brothers collapsed, they were brought to Moscow Hospital, they remained in Moscow for the next 17 years, with the help of a tremendous amount of bribes, because the doctors said they would never be able to survive the trip to Siberia. After 20 years of godless of exile and pain and imprisonment, the Shapiro brothers were finally able and granted permission to go back home, and they were welcomed with tremendous joy. Now, again, a tremendous story. But the point of the story isn't all the details. The point is one thing. This is what Sadiqim understood that the yarmulke represents. I will not walk more than I need to without a yarmulke. It represents tremendous here Shamayim, and it's an amazing, amazing opportunity. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.